Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. All right, well, welcome back to She Loves the Grid after a sizzler, as we're calling this, because oh my, my, this is going to be a long one. Just be ready, everyone. This is, this is going to be a long ride. There's so much to talk about, but so how much. are you, Diane? Oh my gosh, like the best week ever. <laughs> best week okay, ever. Not I'm just the last day. couple of hours, not just the last couple of hours, but your no, week. Just, no, the whole week has been awesome. Like, starting with Monday night football, like, oh my gosh, got my hair done, went to see my daughter. Um, we have a thing with the Jonas Brothers. So when she was growing up, I used to take her to see the Jonas Brothers all the time and they're touring again. And she said, you know, she wanted to go. So I went up to Denver. And uh, the funny thing was uh, when I was checking my Facebook memories 13 years ago, that very same day, I had woke her up that morning to tell her, surprise, you're going to see the Jonas Brothers slash Camp Rock um, concert tonight. She was so excited. And so I sent that to her on my way up to Denver because here we are, <coughs> excuse me, 13 years later, going to see the Jonas Brothers again. Um, and they were great. It was, we had so much fun and then did a comedy show and, you know, just great dinners, lots of awesome talking. And then, yeah, then Carlos gets pulled. And now today, <laughs> Carlos wins <laughs> the first non-Red Bull driver. Like I am freaking out. And again, for the second race, I'm wearing my Carlos uh, t-shirt. <laughs> I got to represent. I'm wearing it to the farmer's market later. So <laughs> nobody will probably care because um, nobody around here seems anything about F1, but I care. So yay. How was your week? It was good. I think we're coming to the end of having all the stuff done for the move. So other than getting the washer and dryer installed, um, I've got like, two things that haven't arrived yet shipment wise like a bookcase and a couple of things like mats for the computer but gotta do a little wire management but yeah finally i feel like like last night was the first night i was friday night it's like i don't have anything to do on the house <laughs> i'm just gonna pass out on my dog bed for adults <laughs> <laughs> i love well, that yeah good for I, uh, you you guys have been working hard You've been working oh, yeah. really hard. Yeah. I mean, yesterday we had to go clean the old place, so I, I didn't get to watch everything live. But um, yeah, but it was good. It's like it's nice. It's like I finally. And then next week I'm going to Ireland for my birthday, yes. so I'm excited yes. about that. Yay! And you have an anniversary tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. That's right. Twenty nine years. Yes, that's exciting. Yay, you that's guys! Great. <laughs> talk about so oh my gosh we do this week before the race oh, this week i know and it kind of all i want to talk about is the race but there was very very important things that happened this week so uh there was a fia directive that came out this week um and i had to go yesterday and watch some of the stuff on f1 to learn more about it it's a little technical um but it's about flexible wings and this is like kind of a, a it's been around for years where the FIA is really trying to police flexible ring wings, but it's very difficult to police flexible wings because they, they are just going to move. That's like aerodynamics. So um, what they have come, well, what the F1 rules actually state already is 
they can't have movable aerodynamics on the car. So the rules state that the wings and other parts like that have to be mounted rigidly to a car, but those parts really aren't rigid. They can't be fully rigid <laughs> ever. And so the teams kind of really use that, maybe that gray area to get a little bit more out of those, those parts. And the FAA is like, oh, hang on, we've got to put out a directive. Um, and usually these are private to the team. So they tend to come out about different things, maybe once a year, maybe a couple times a year, it just depends. Um, and they're usually private to the teams, but they will put something out publicly. And that's what I did see earlier this week, where they just kind of made a comment about directives and whatever. So anyways, at the Dutch Grand Prix is when this came out and they said, you know, starting from Singapore on, um, they're going to do more testing. So a lot of the testing that they do on these types of rules is static testing. And that doesn't show what happens when the car is actually going like 200 miles an hour. Um, you, you can't really see what's happening. So in a static test, it may look like everything's great and it's meeting all the rules. But once you get it on a straight or whatever, you start to see things that maybe you wouldn't see if it was just static. So there were a few areas that the FIA picked out. Um, and one is where the front wing is attached to the nose structure of the car. So they, they do tend to think that some of the teams are playing some games there. Um, <laughs> and um, the way that those wings are constructed and, and the way that they're mounted. So it's allowing the wings to move a little bit more under the aerodynamics of the car when it's when it's going. So the other area, or I guess I should say another area is the rear wing, kind of like up where the gearbox is. It depends on the car, but kind of up in that that area. And then around the tips, like some of the wing elements. So those are the three areas that they're really looking for. Um, and you you all know I love Sam Collins. So I had to watch Sam Collins take on this. And he was kind of saying, you know, like the wings are essentially upside down aircraft wings. So when the car is driving through the air, it's generating downforce, but that downforce comes with drag. So it kind of acts like a parachute, right? On the back of the car. And it slows the cars down on the streets, but you kind of want that rear wing that like, that's what you want it to do on the streets um, is not like exist. You don't want it to, you kind of want to pretend that the rear wing isn't there, if that makes sense. And hopefully I'm, I'm explaining all of this well. It is pretty technical. Um, so if I'm not explaining it well, or if I'm confusing you more, I highly recommend going to F1 TV and then watch Sam Collins talk about it. But then also Will Buxton and Albert, I can't remember his last name, they do kind of a, a demonstration with actual like parts and he, and on that video, they're only like seven or eight minutes each, but on that video, they specifically call out all the different codes. So anyways, um, so anyways, on the straights, you want the rear wing to like basically not exist, but on the turns, you want it, the rear wing to exist as much as possible because you want to generate downforce. So over the years, like, the teams, they've tried to engineer the wings to like drop down at high speed and reduce the drag. And then when the car breaks, they pop back up. 
So there's like little pieces that just go up and down, up and down. And they're, you know, the, I mean, they're geniuses, especially Adrian Newey. Um, so they know how to do this to like, okay, when we're slowing down, we want it to like pop up. And so anyways, that's what they want to combat is all of that stuff. So again, flexible wings, it's inevitable. inevitable. <laughs> they know that some flexibility is going to happen, but now teams have to submit I think all of the details, so I'm assuming, like in my non-engineer um, brain, I'm thinking like, you have to submit to us drawings or specs or whatever of how you've created these. And they have to do that before every race now. So that's going to be um, interesting how they do that. But that makes sense because they oftentimes are changing their rings out, you know, they do slightly. So they need to resubmit that to see if it still complies. Yes. And, and a few years ago, I think it was like in 2019, I, oh, I think it was 2019. There were like round stickers. <laughs> I have to turn my head. There were round stickers on rear wings, kind of like on the, the sides and then the rear beam, like the lower beam wing. Um, and that allowed the FIA to kind of like video so they could watch a car during a race or during practice or whatever and they could see if those stickers were moving. Are they going down? Are they going up? Like what is what is happening? So we might start to see that again. So if you see little stickers and if I notice it like in Japan next week, um, I'll try to take a picture or something just so we can reference it. But that is one way that the FIA could probably um, note if a team is maybe violating this new uh, directive. So there was a lot of speculation that this was aimed at Red Bull. Um, and then there was even more speculation with Red Bull not doing well this weekend, like at all. They did not show out at all <laughs> in uh -oh. Singapore. Um, right. So there was a definitely a lot of speculation that like, ooh, did the did this new rule already go into effect and Red Bull's really a mid-level team? I don't think so. Total Wolf doesn't think that's the case. It's just this car, Red Bull, this track Singapore was horrible for it. So we'll yeah. see moving forward. Like it could be, it could be really interesting. Um, but that's a big, big change. And I know we just took several minutes talking about it, but it's important for people to know about. Um, so there we go. There we that's go. Done. <laughs> that's done. Um, and, but moving into silly season. Okay. So we know Joe kept his seat, right? Like, yeah. You were saying that during practice, the commentators didn't think he should. Yeah, yeah, they didn't think he should. The commentators were like, they thought that they should wait because there was, you know, other, there was, they always felt that Alfa Romeo takes the leftover driver or the, the I shouldn't say leftover, but the driver who just doesn't quite make the seat for Red Bull. So mm -hmm. they thought that why did they go ahead and take up the space for Joe when he hasn't had quite the year? You know, he's yeah. kind of just been fair to Midland, really. He's just been yeah. okay. Um, you know, so I thought it was interesting to have their their take on that during, I think it was during FP1 or FP2 that they were talking about that. Yeah. Um, I was excited to see Joe get the seat. Like, honestly, I don't know. I guess I feel like you could, I couldn't make a case to get rid of him. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the car sucks. It just does. He and Valtteri are pretty much nowhere. But Joe has had moments where, like, today I think he was almost in the points. Um, I think 12th. 
Yeah, he was almost there. Um, which Valtteri was not. Wasn't Valtteri even further down? Valtteri actually ended up not finishing at the very end. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he had some problems right there at the very end, and he he didn't finish. Um, he he got through fifty one laps. Okay. Oh wow, I didn't even know he left the race. <laughs> this is like Esteban in the last race. Like he retired. Can't imagine who <laughs> you were paying attention to, but yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> I was solely at the front of that race. Um, okay, the other thing, and this breaks my heart. I'm happy for Joe. Love Joe. Um, that may be an unpopular decision, but this breaks my heart is that there's a lot of rumors flying around right now about Yuki, my global treasure. There is conversation that supposedly they're going to give Liam Yuki's seat and Yuki is going to go and be a reserve driver at Rebel. So he will do simulations and testing. And supposedly if Liam, this was what was said, being said earlier this week, if Liam gets points, which he did today, and he out-qualified Yuki, that he will get the seat. Yeah, and Yuki had what car issues, so he didn't even finish today. Yeah. Really he didn't in. even get a he didn't even get a, a lap time in, in Q2 yesterday. Um yeah, and he didn't get a lap at all today in the race. He's, he's marked at zero because he's he, yeah. <laughs> Not even allowed. Breaks my heart. Like this breaks my heart. So I, I'm hoping, but knowing how cutthroat Red Bull is, and Liam, we'll talk about him more, but he is doing a wonderful job. Um, I think kind of as a rookie, like he's come in and shown out better than any of the three rookies that we started with. Like if you think back to those first three races um, with our three rookies at the beginning of the season, like Liam's doing way better and he doesn't know Singapore any better than Oscar or what's his face Logan um <laughs> like that at all like so you know and he comes in and gets points on this third race in a car he doesn't even know at Singapore which is yeah and Logan only got second to last because four people didn't finish and Fernando had a 25 second pit stop I know that was horrible. Yeah, if it weren't for the twenty-five second pit stop, and Fernando had a crappy race anyway, he wouldn't be last, and Logan would have been last. It's the only thing that he saved Logan for being last this time. Wow, Fernando having he a twenty-five second pit stop, and he only got ahead of, of Fernando by one point one second, one point one seconds, one almost two, almost well, one point two. And Fernando also had that five-second penalty for going over the. I don't know if he served that during a. I don't know if they considered that as part of the <laughs> part of the the twenty-five seconds he was stuck in the pit lane. I bet. I bet it was. Yeah, I don't know what happened that rear jack, and I don't know if they put that little piece back on the rear yeah, of the they, car. They, yeah, they said that it slipped. They also I saw them having trouble with the front tire and the back tire. It's like that it slipped off the jack or something. So yeah, twenty-five second pit stop. Oh my God. Poor Fernando. He was up there at first too. Like he was, he was doing, doing pretty things. decent. He was doing pretty decent, but yeah. Uh, he anyway. kept saying the car was not drivable. Let's let's get to yeah, let's keep yeah, going. Yeah. We will yeah, we will talk about that. Um so what we're down to three seats now open. So we still have Logan's seat open. Uh I don't know what's gonna happen there. I feel like he's not really proving um no. much. And then the two Alpha Tauris. But we pretty much know Danny Rick is going to be one of those for sure. So we'll see what happens. Okay, we need to round out the chatty Kathy 
baloney. So as I predicted and actually hoped it, hoped it, hoped, <laughs> hoped it. Listen, people, I've been up since 4.45 this morning. <laughs> the race started at 5 a.m. my time. Um, as I hoped, they were asked about this during the pressers on Thursday. Um, Lewis said he wasn't surprised with Chatty Cathy. Also, yeah. if you're new to our podcast, Chatty Cathy is Helmet Marco. That's what I call him because the man does not stop talking. Um, so anyways, he was not surprised with Chatty Cathy's comments. Max said, I don't think I'm the right person to educate Helmet. I think he quickly realized what he said and he apologized for it. Um, no, he wasn't quick about it. That happened more than a week ago. Um, and he only apologized, in my opinion, because the fans were blowing up Red Bull's social media. Um, to say that he's not the right person to educate him, that's the problem with today in society and, and racism and whatnot in general. We are all responsible for educating each other. We're all responsible for standing up and saying, whoa, that's wrong. Right. Stop. I don't, I don't put up with that in my presence. You're not going to be that way. This is my teammate. No. Yeah. So exactly. we're all responsible. So that's a cop out, Max. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. You are spot on. I think it is a huge, huge cop out. Like, at some point, you have to take a stand for what we have to start speaking up. It's, it's, it's. If we don't, as we don't, as individuals, speak up when we see what's wrong, and we keep yeah. saying it's not my place, it's not my place, it just continues to perpetuate. We all yeah. have to stand. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Or you're saying, oh, I really don't see how much is wrong in it. I'm just not going to say anything about it because I don't. I agree. You yeah. know, that's really what you're saying. Yep. Exactly. No. And that was my thought too, was like, you know, and, and, and you can go down a whole path with that. We've already yeah. talked about his girlfriend's dad and you know, all of that stuff. Like <laughs> you never know. Um, Sergio did say that um, he had a very good conversation with helmet. He said that he apologized and to him, that was the main thing. So, um, you know, again, in my opinion, That's I feel very, like Sergio had to say that because like he was forced to, you know, you have to accept the apology. What yeah, I have. It sounds very team focused, sounds very corporate, sounds very, you know. Yeah. What else is yeah. he going to say? If he says Everybody, what he really feels, if he says what he really feels, do you think his life's going to get any easier at Red Bull right now? No, no, no. And it's like you were saying, in all walks of life, this happens over and over, you know, you, you want to keep your job. You want to be looked at as a team player. Like you, you take it and you know, you, you take those aggressions and then you're just like, okay, I just have to move on. Here's where I got really upset. And I'm going to read some of this stuff because Christian Horner's comments. Mm, okay. And I want your take on this. So here's what Christian had to say. Those comments weren't right. Helmet quickly recognized that and apologized for that pu both publicly and directly to Sergio. He went on to say that you, everybody continues to learn even at age 80, which is how old um, Chatty Cathy is. I thought he was a little bit older, but anyways. And then he said, Checo is a massively popular member and important member of our team. I pushed very hard to sign him for the 2021 season. Oh, I'm giving himself props. We have a huge following around the world, and we take that very seriously, very responsibly. The fan following that the team has, Checo has, and F1 has, we are very conscious of it. This is his 250th race, and we want to focus on that. 
And I just reading it made me so mad because I feel like there's so many issues. I feel like the, I push very hard to sign him to me is like, I have a, you know, fill in the blank, <laughs> you know, friend, yeah. I have a insert. Or, or if it weren't for me, he wouldn't be on Red Bull. If it weren't for me, you know, right. I'm the savior here. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I don't hear an apology. There's no. not nowhere in that statement does Christian apologize in any way, shape or form to Sergio for what Sergio has had to deal with on this team. Not just last week, but we talked about it before. Helmet has said things in the past about Checo, not, you know, a like, you know, we're sorry that Helmet said this. Nothing to me. It just sounds like optics. Like you said, it sounds very corporate. Um, and and to, and you're talking about Checo's following and Red Bull's following and everything else, it, it sounds like you're just like, you know, I don't know how to say it. Like we're, we're only addressing this because we know our fans are mad at us because yeah. well, we at the same time, if where is the, okay, we all need to learn and we're always learning. So in addition to the apology, we're going to require everyone, especially Helmet, to go through a, a diversity course. He needs to understand we're going to re-up our diversity training. We're going to and have an action plan and share that in full transparency of what they're going to do to raise the awareness, the knowledge, to so understand, to prevent this. It was just more like, you know, he's apologized. He's still learning. And, you know, we can yeah. all learn. Learn it's how. I want to help this public back backlash. That's how he's learning. Where's the education? Where's the thing to prevent it? Where's the CAPA, the, the corrective action plan? Where's, where is that? I don't see the action plan to correct this, to prevent it from happening again. Nope. They're just sweeping it under the rug and they're giving Helmet a pass again because they think that's going to help them keep the fans that they have. Their social media is still not as much, but people are still posting in there about wh why get rid of helmet. You've, you've gotten rid of other people for doing less. So to mm -hmm. me, it just sounds like a big push on like, we're just, we're just saying the words. We're just saying the words so that we try to get some of our fans back and we get Checo's fans back. I think it's going to be very interesting for sure when they go to Mexico. And I think it's going to be interesting maybe when they go to Brazil, even. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not good. But anyways, on Friday, it was finally announced that a written notice and that Helmet received a written notice and was reminded of his responsibilities as a public figure in motorsports in line with FIA Code of Ethics. Quite frankly, it's a little Again. late. Again, it's a little late. You come out what that's it's been like a week and a half. We talked about it on last week's podcast. So that means that's been a full week and it happened that week prior to our, our, you know, before our podcast. So you're just now coming out with it. I think you're just now realizing that people are not going to put up with this and we're going to call you out on it. So anyways, um, very quickly, the Felipe Massa lawsuit. Um, we talked about this before, so just go back and listen to it, but, um, it has to do with the Singapore Grand Prix back in 2008 and the Nelson BK junior crash. And, how that had implications on the world driver championship that year that had Lewis winning by one point. We talked about how Felipe has filed a letter before claim with the FIA and F1, I believe both of them saying, um, are citing unlawful acts and that he would have been awarded the 2008 championship. So he's asking for money. 
because he felt that his reputation um, was harmed, that he would have made a lot more money being a world driving championship, everything else. So this week's Massa's lawyer decided to bring Lewis into it. And Lewis is probably like, hey, I got nothing to do with yeah, it. Right? It's not, not Lewis's fault that he won by one point. Like, so anyways, Massa's lawyer is saying, um, Hamilton is an important ambassador for the sport and he's always defending sporting integrity. He is an honorary Brazilian citizen and very well liked by, by Brazilians. So I hope he will support us which I think this is not a great move. Like, I just do not agree with putting Lewis in a position where you're trying to get him to back you so that you can hopefully, you know, get something from this lawsuit. Um, it puts Lewis in a bad position too. If yeah. you didn't talk to him first about it, because you're publicly calling him out to throw right. his name one way or the other versus right. saying something to him privately, you know, and maybe yeah. they did say something to him privately and he doesn't want to. And this is a way to get him to do it. And then that's right. dirty. That's the case. It's very dirty. And as the guy who ended up winning the championship that year, if you all of a sudden get him behind you, that's just another feather, I would think, in your in your legal defense that, hey, even the driver that won thinks I should have won. So give it to me. Like, you know what I mean? I think you could they could try to use that. And maybe mm -hmm. it's my waking up at 4.45 a.m. logic. But, like, I think they could try to use that to be like, see, even the driver that won the championship thinks we should have won it. So give it to us. Like, I, I would totally stay out of it. Anyways, um, Massa's lawyers have given the FAA until mid-October to respond. So originally they said they wanted a very quick response. But, um, yeah, they're, they gave them to mid-October. So we'll have another update then unless something else happens. Um, but heading back to Checo, it was his 250th Grand Prix and he wore a special It's very exciting. It's they didn't very talk exciting. about that at all, but yeah. No, I don't think they did talk about that today, did they? I don't think so. Yeah, it's, um, which is not good. I mean, 250 Grand Prix, Haas doesn't even have that many, like, as a team. And they've been around for like 10 years now, I think. So anyways, he wore a special helmet. It had Mexico, you know, colors on the top. And, um, you know, I think especially after this past week, I think this this Grand Prix means more to him um, than probably anything. Uh, so anyways, Williams, I think we have a picture of you on our YouTube channel. Uh, you know, they were not expecting to do well here in Singapore, but look at that livery. This is the the special golf livery that they're running. I think for the next this race, Japan, and then maybe Qatar, maybe three races for sure. They're running it next week in Japan. I think it's a beauty. I love it. It's not the one I voted for, but I still love it. <laughs> it looks so pretty. I love those. I love the golf colors. I love them. And they did come out with merch, but I wasn't that excited about it, so I didn't end up buying any. Um, and then also McLaren had a special livery. They went dark mode all the way through for the night race. You can barely see it because <laughs> they photographed it on a black background, but it's mostly black and yeah. Yeah, it's and, all photographed in dark and it's dark. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, but it, you know, I love their idea. I think they're running it next week also. I think they're running it in Japan. Um, but they're it was basically, really as far as upgrades go, and I missed out on, I know, a lot of cars had upgrades this weekend. A lot. Upgrades. Yes. And this one was basically a whole new car. So it's like the third whole new car, basically, for McLaren this season. 
insane. Like so much stuff. Only Lando's car had it though. Oscar's did right. have it. So maybe that was why Oscar seemed to be kind of struggling yeah. a little bit this this week. But the main thing it was used to address like the issues that the car had like at slow speeds. So that's where they were really kind of struggling with some of their past upgrades. Um, I mean, Orlando got second today, so there you go. It was the McLaren and the Alphatari both have practically all new cars. They were saying yes. like from the mirrors back. That's you know amazing. And so I have heard that this is probably the last race where we're going to see those kind of major upgrades. Like at this point in the season, um, the, they're going to start looking towards next year. We know Williams is already looking towards next year. Like they're not even going to, they're not even thinking they're going to have a track that suits them until Las Vegas, which is the second to the last race in November. So um, yeah, there's a lot of team. They said this was kind of the last place. Also, they don't think that there will be a lot of major upgrades because we're now we're traveling a lot and it's expensive to start shipping all of that stuff because we're like, we were in Singapore, we go to Japan, not a huge thing. Then it's Qatar. We've got, you know, a couple races coming up in America. You've got Mexico. Um, so it's, it's just a lot. It's too much to, to do and then ship. So start focusing on next year. Um, but uh, also speaking of Alpha Tower, Daniel was back in the paddock this weekend. Um, he was sitting on the pit wall, um, at least during quality, I think in practice, but they said no press. He wasn't doing any press this weekend. So they were keeping him well um, under wraps. But before we move on to um, actual race weekend, I have a fun fact for you. <laughs> Are you ready? I think this is a pretty cool one and it involves Fernando because all my fun facts seem to have. Something cool for Fernando considering he had a crappy race. I know. Um, so as of lap 26 today in the Singapore GP, Alonso has driven 100,000 kilometers. That's 62,137 miles in his career. That's two and a half times around the equator. And he's the first F1 driver to do that. And he's still That's driving. Amazing. It's amazing. It's so amazing. The first F1 driver to do that. And we've got how many races? This was 16. So we've got four or five races left. Do we only have five races left? We have. I'm just looking at that. We have no. Japan, Qatar, United States, Mexico, Brazil, United States, and Abu Dhabi. We have seven. seven. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't add today. Seven races left. So he's just well, going to think about that. We have Japan and then back over to Qatar. Then we have the United States, Mexico, Brazil, and the United States. So we have four all in your time zone area. Finally. <laughs> I'm so excited for the time zone. <laughs> my time zone. Yes. That's going to be amazing. I had Order major FOMO. Uh, people are posting their um, wristbands for Austin have been arriving this week. Major FOMO. Damn it. I should have just said, I'm going. I'm going to the race. And I let myself be talked out of it because we went last year. And bleh, now I should have just gone. Dumb. Go with your gut. Anyways. Okay. Let's talk about a little bit about practice. I didn't watch any of the practice sessions because I was having fun with my daughter in Denver. But we know that practice was all about the lizards. Flipping lizards. Flipping <laughs> lizards. I was dying reading the... Um, it was so funny. The team radios. Like, Max and GP were actually kind of funny. Like, uh, there's a lizard on the track, and then he goes around again. Oh, there's another lizard, but it's not the same one. It's smaller. And I know George was saying the same thing. So, really hysterical. Like, And those lizards were just like, they'd wait. 
okay, the car's gone and it would just cross the track. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Then we got fun facts on monitor lizards and, and all that. I'm like, look, come to F1 and get education about other things. Then they talked about having that by having a different flag because they were using um, the slip, the flag is for like the track is slippery. Like, well, maybe we should have a, an animals on the track flag. Yeah. And then the commentator's like, well, what race is that going to apply to? Oh, well, there's Canada. Then there's Australia. You know, it's like, well, does it have to be different animals or just animals on the track? They're trying to talk about what animals would they put on the flag to show the animals on the track? Well, we need a kangaroo and we need, yeah. a, you know, like they were talking about all the different types of animals that we need to put on there. It was hysterical. Yes. I think that'd be so cute. You could have a little beaver on one or a little ground. Yeah, I think, it's, or just have one flag that has all the different animals on oh. it. You know, like a lizard, a beaver, and a kangaroo. You get all the different ones just kind of lined up across the middle. It'd be hysterical. I heard I'll that Alonso ran over one. But I didn't oh, see see anything I else. I, he did. I didn't see that. No, oh, I I heard that, and I don't know if that's true or not. But I'm sure if it is, they're going to keep that under wraps so that way we don't um, <laughs> offend anybody. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so FP two, Alex Albon wow. maybe got five laps in, and then he was in the in the pits the rest of the yeah the practice. <laughs> He didn't hardly get any time, so no data, which sucked because that was also like would have been race time um, as far as when they started. But James said that they had an issue with a part it's underneath the floor, so they had to jack the car up, take the floor off, and deal with that. And there's just no way. There's no way you're you're getting um, back out on track for that. So just seeing the practice times, I knew that Carlos was confident. It was like Monza all over again. And when wow. Carlos is confident, watch out. I honestly knew on Friday he was going to get pulled on Saturday. I knew it. I'm like, he is looking amazing. And he, when he feels that confident, again, he's going to he's gonna do it. Um, okay, let's get into Quali. So I listened to Quali while I'm laying in bed yesterday morning in Denver. And so as not to wake up my daughter, I had my earphone in and I'm watching on the F1 app. So I can only see the times like, you know, you were saying, and the, and the commentary was off and it kept repeating. And so I was like all over the place. So when I got home yesterday, I sat down and I watched By it. By the way, you can turn the commentary off on the timing. Oh, I might need to do that. So I mean, it was kind of good to hear because you hear some of the, like the race radios, but when it kept repeating, you can have radio on and commentary off. Oh, okay. That's what I need to do then. That's well, what I have. I have radio on and commentary off. So okay. I'm only hearing the commentary from the TV or from whatever I'm listening to. And then I just have radio on the timing. Oh, okay. hear radio twice, but I want to make sure I hear what the drivers are saying. Yeah. No, the drivers are more interesting for sure. Um, okay. So Q1, Stroll was impeded by Logan. And this was like a domino effect. This is almost like the domino effect we have with Alex Albon getting appendicitis last year and all the stuff that has been put into motion right down to knocking Max out. <laughs> like So here we go. So Stroll was impeded by Logan um, on his final. Well, it was really towards the end on the, that, like would have been his final lap in Q1. He was taking all the risk that he could. Boom, right into the wall. As he was coming into that, like even the curve before, it looked like he was fighting that car. Like he was just like all over. 
And look at that. Like when I'm listening, just, I had no idea how bad it was. And they kept saying, there's no front part of the car at all. And if you're on our YouTube, you can see the picture of Lance climbing out of the car. It's in the middle of the track. The nose is gone. The wing is gone. The right left tire. I mean, the front left tire is gone. And the front back tire was jacked up too. I mean, oh, they're, they're they're back left tires. I say front back tire. The back left tire is gone. <laughs> yeah, it just it was it was pretty hard and brutal how it hit and spun him around. And they kept saying the safety measures that they have in the car is why he walked away. Yes, and you can see why if you're if you see this picture, like it is insane. They did say they were surprised and they would probably be looking into why one of the tires did like the tether didn't keep the tire. <clears throat> excuse me, attached to the car, it rolled away. And so they did need to, to figure out, <coughs> excuse me, um, what happened there, but everything is gone. And he's facing the direction that the cars are coming. So all of a sudden, here comes a McLaren. I think it was Piastri. And this is what you see. There's debris all over. There's a tire someplace. And Lance's car is sitting smashed up in the middle of the track. Like, it's, I couldn't even imagine coming around a, cor a corner and seeing that. Now, of course, they probably saw the yellow flag in the car and, you know, all that good stuff. So they knew something was happening, but holy moly. Um, but that brought out the red flag and ended Q1. So I was. Well, and, then, and, and then even though we, I'm sure that we can't stay up all night getting like the car ready and trying to get everything to go. And then this morning, Sometimes they just announced that he just wasn't feeling right. While he wasn't injured per se, he was still feeling off, and he chose not to to compete today. Okay, so I did not know that. I just assumed that the car was not ready. I did uh, not know. They didn't mention the car. They said that he that it was a statement put out by. Uh, I got the email about it. The, the statement put out by Aston Martin that uh, Lance was not feeling steady after the the crash while well, he wasn't injured he was shaken up pretty hard and yeah. he was not feeling his full uh, full health to be able to compete today wow i mean that was brutal hit like when you just when they played just the sound of that hitting oh my goodness i i don't know how you don't end up with whiplash or just being sore like your body just being completely sore in the presser afterwards, he just seemed really annoyed. They were asking him, you know, how, how he's feeling. And he was just like, I'm fine. They said, I'm fine. Like he did not want to talk about it at all, probably for a lot of reasons, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, that, oh, go ahead. I was trying to see if I could find the press release, but yeah, he, it was basically his feelings, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That is crazy. I was just going to say prior to that, again, we have the cars, lining up around that final corner. You know, that is my pet peeve. It drives me nuts. Albon was lucky enough to get through. He went up kind of the outside of everybody and was able to get through. Max was complaining about it. Like, it's just so annoying. But my little global treasure had the fastest time in Q1. And because it took so long for that red flag for them to clean everything up, it got to stay on the board for a really long time. <laughs> And, and because of the track evolution, your top five was Yuki, then Sergio, Hulkenberg, Magnuson, and Liam Lawson. That is insane. Your Q1 top five, like what? Both Haases are in there and only one Red Bull. One Red Bull. 
in the top five. It, at, it showed at you where it was going, right? It just showed you where it was going. Yes. I, I mean, I feel like they were doing terrible the whole time. Um, so out in Q1, um, we had Sergeant Stroll, Botas, Joe, and Piastri. Max was noted for impeding. So he stopped in the pit lane. There was a green light. You're not allowed to stop in the pit lane. You can't just stop there because you want to. So George, of course, is on the phone or on the on the phone, on the radio to his engineer saying, like, does Max have a problem? Like, can I go around him? Because there's also rules in some cases about going around drivers like in the pit lane. So Max's engineer comes, GP comes on the radio and, you know, is everything OK? Max starts to say that he's leaving room because there's there were a whole bunch of cars going out right before him. He didn't want to be stuck in traffic. So he starts to say that he's leaving room. GP cuts him off, barely gets out. He knew he knew where Max was going with that and says, everything looks good now. Like you can go full on covering for Max in that situation. He did not want Max to say that on the radio. He did not want that coming out. So he was noted for impeding in the pit lane. Um, okay, Q2. While they're waiting for all the stuff to get picked up and, and the barrier to be fixed, they're all sitting in their cars and they're just sweating. And we talked about last week how much weight they lose, how difficult it is. Uh -huh. There was so much content this week on all of the team's um, social medias. Ice baths. Never seen ice more baths. ice baths in my life. They were all doing them all the time. And they were talking about just the toll that Singapore and the heat takes on the drivers. So for them to be sitting there, I think it was like 20 something minutes, although it felt longer than that. And it probably felt longer to them than that. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they were sitting in that car, just sweating it out. Like they all had like dry ice or um, yeah, that, that, things on them. Yeah. Um, this was kind of cool. So Alex is the first Williams into Q2 at Singapore since 2016. So Whoa. yeah, they do not do well here and they were definitely not expecting to do well here, but getting into Q2, like they, they were excited. They were happy, happy about that. Um, can't believe it. So in Q2, Yuki went into the pits with nine minutes left. Max impeded Yuki. That was why Yuki kind of backed off, went into the pits. Like said, Stewart said, we'll, we'll look at that after the um, investigation or after the um, qualifying. And even the commentators were like, that is a slam dunk. That's a slam dunk impeding. He fully impeded Yuki and Yuki never ended up getting an actual time in Q2. So he started. What, and, then, and, and Max doesn't get on the penalties. Just a little slap no. on the wrist. And we will talk about that for sure. Because, I mean, as ugh, I was so mad, I was in line. Complaining for the whole day, the whole weekend. Well, he's a complainer when things don't go well. Um, Perez spun his car, but he was able to get going. But it ruined his lap. It totally ruined his lap. He, he could not get it. He, there was no more time for him to get it. But the biggest story <laughs> was <laughs> Max. <laughs> Max was out in Q2. Max it was out. amazing. And I just Watson to push him out was just like yeah. the I I got to watch that before the race because of course I was cleaning all day yesterday. So 
I get yes. to watch that one race and I was squealing. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. It was just like to see it happen, to see Lawson. And then that meme you sent afterwards was just. <laughs> <laughs> so Liam Lawson, the replacement Alpha Tauri, their sister, their sister team knocks Max out. And it was only by like. Point zero seven seconds or something That's like that. It, it was, it was really, really, I mean, really tight. And listen, like you said, Max was complaining. He did not look good all week. And he complained about drifting, no rear grip. He complained about the upshifts, said it was just giving him wheel spins, the upshifts, the downshifts, like everything. And after he... That, it was, wait, I got to do the math. Okay, you do the math. Um, after Max found out he was out in Q2, he said on the radio, I don't know if you saw that. And then he, he said a few other things like absolutely shocking experience. Like he was pissed and he got back to the pit. You know how they kind of sit in front of the garage, like horizontally, like they're in the pit box and the team jacks up the car a little bit, how they do to turn it, to go back in, into the garage. He hops out of the car then the car's wobbling because it's up on a thing and he just hops out and he stops down to the weight area and he's just mad the whole time and like seven thousandths of a second oh liam lawson we love you <laughs> we love you liam lawson that's amazing but yeah. what's interesting is even in q1 he, liam was faster than max by more by 0.1 seconds by point one seconds. yeah so he was faster than him in both q1 and q2 yes max just wasn't performing this weekend no and neither was sergio the car no. sucked there the car i they don't know why the car sucked that's what christian was saying is like we don't know why like they tried a different setup i think in one of the practices but they went back to what they knew worked or what had been working for them and um yeah, they don't know why. Maybe it is the the new role. Maybe it is the the flexible wing thing, and they had to do that. We'll find out and see if that's true. If we keep seeing this happen, like in Japan, and, no, you know. no Red Bulls in Q three was just amazing. Not, I, not, I mean, for Perez, that's kind of normal, but this season, but for Max, not at all. And I sent Claire this meme, y'all, and I wish I could send it to everybody, but it was like it was from a soccer thing, right? And and it, said, it was like it was the dude coming to put in his code. Do, 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 oh. do. That one, that's the one I like. Do, 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 do. The code's not working. Yeah. Wait, do, code's not working. Do, do, do. Has that been cut? Wait, it's only been like two games. What's what? going on here? Have I been kidding? just totally locked out? Like, that's Liam when you yeah. knock out Max. <laughs> that was hysterical. Yeah, poor Liam is like, dang it, I probably should have done that. Um, because seriously, like, how mad do you think that Christian Horner was seeing that it, it was their own sister team that knocked Max, Max out? All I can think of is that song from Hamilton. I, I want to be in the room when it happens. I want to be there to hear that. Like, just the, and oh, just, yeah. oh, just, oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's just so much of this weekend of having no Red Bull in so many places. It was amazing. amazing. And Leah Lawson probably was so conflicted because, like, he made it into Q3, right? Like, and he knocked out Max, but also he made it into Q3 and knocked out Max. He was probably peeing his pants and excited, like all at the same time. <laughs> but he did, he, he outperformed Yuki. Yuki never got that time. And both 
Haas cars went through to Q3 for the first time this year. Who would have thought at the beginning of the season? Who would have thought last week that both Haas cars would make it into Q3 and both Red Bulls would be out in Q2? Yeah. Like nobody. So we did have out in Q2 besides Max and, and um, Checo, Yuki, Gasly, and Albon. So first Q3 with no Red Bull cars. Russell and Norris both looking awesome, but Signs just had him beat. And he's yeah. on pole for the second Grand Prix in a row. Second Grand Prix in a row. So amazing. I was so happy for him. It's one of those things. It's like, I knew you were happy. And Beyond. I was like, I, and I, what did I, I put signs up there to win it though. I know you did. You did. I, had all the I, was, was I just had a feeling Max was going to find his curvy little weight in there somehow, but I guess he did. I'm telling you, I knew on Friday when I saw um, that Carlos, how well he was doing in practices, I knew he was going to get pole, but I don't allow myself to think about the win because I don't want to jinx anything. And I, so like, but I'm in the hotel room jumping up and down and it screaming like, yes, Carlos, yes, Carlos, the poor people below us on the floor. Like I, sorry, not sorry. Um, Matt, they only got one fastest lap the whole race. Who, Carlos? Max only got one fastest lap I'm the whole race. He had a fastest lap. He got one. He got one in the in the sixty first lap. <laughs> well, good for him. But so, somebody else took it from him in the end. So, <laughs> okay. Speaking of the stewards, you kind of mentioned this. So, Max did not get a penalty for any of the violations at all. Shocking. I was not shocked. And here I'm standing in line to get on the airplane. And I am muttering to myself and probably the people behind me thought I was a little bit crazy, but I don't care. That is some BS, like yeah. absolute BS. Walking into the steward's office, he was all smiles, all smiles. Did not look upset coming out. Now we know why, because he only got a reprimand for the pit lane impeding. And Yuki did not show up for that portion of the impeding um, violation that Max had. So Yuki playing the team game, you know, he was told because AlphaTauri is the sister team to Red Bull to not show up for that. And it was probably some payback for Liam knocking Max out. That is my, <laughs> that is my opinion that they were like, okay, we won't send Yuki. We're not going to, you know, we're, it just doesn't seem fair to me. It does not no. seem fair that if you have a sister team, that doesn't show up like coming to court or whatever that you, okay, it's dismissed. That does not seem right at all. Max should have had a three plays for a drop. He should have. That's just me. Um, so this race, especially like the first 40, 50 laps just was about managing tires and it was kind of boring. Not going to lie. Kind of boring at the beginning for sure. Carlos, brilliant drive, brilliant drive. And we'll talk about Ferrari in just a second, but absolutely brilliant. Um, he managed, managed it perfectly. That's all I can say. Manage those tires. Um, okay, let's talk about Alpine. So first of all, it's Esteban's birthday and he was doing really good. He was doing so good. He made a great move um, on Fernando. There was a three-way battle with Fernando Perez and um, Ocon and he got through there. Beautiful. That was crazy. It was so good. And then a few laps later, because he's running in the points, beating Gasly, his car just stops. 
engine failure, mechanical issue, whatever, brings out the safety car. You can hear it in his voice. You just hear it. Yeah, he screamed. Like, this has been Alpine all year. They are so unreliable. You never know what's going to happen ever with them. I car, he was doing so good and just boom. I was, I, my heart broke for him. I, my heart broke for him too, because I feel like there's nobody on this grid that has worse luck than Esteban Ocon. I mean, he's a running joke on the penalty, you know, time second penalty. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. his car has stopped on him multiple times. Like he's been taken out by his teammate. Like, oh, I just feel so bad for, for him. Um, Pierre did all right though, right? Like where did he finish? I don't even know. I think Pierre Gasly got sixth, so moved up one because of um, Russell's car dropping out. So he's yeah. in sixth. Well, and also like Esteban dropping out, that helped him too because Esteban was ahead of him, I think, yeah. the entire race, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Alfa Romeo. So Joe started from the pits. Yes, because of uh, violating Park Fermi. Yeah. So what did they do to his car, though? Do you know? Uh, I don't recall them saying. I can try to look that up. Okay. But he no, it's all right. 12. I mean, they didn't finish. I mean, we know he finished twelfth, and Valtteri didn't finish at all. But um, yeah. Anyways, he pitted on lap three for hard tires, so he was planning to go on the end. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming he didn't come in oh, during power the- unit. Power unit. It, okay. It's new power unit elements and changed the setup, <laughs> resulting in a breach apart for me. Okay. Awesome. Well, there you go. Alpha Romeo, same as Alpine. They just, <laughs> they're, they are just, yeah, not having a year at all. Um, what was funny is on lap nine, because Carlos um, and Charles were like really managing those tires from the beginning. Joe, who was back in like 19th place at that point, because Yuki had already dropped out, right? So he was like 18th, 19th, somewhere in there. He was having the same lap times as the Ferraris. <laughs> he was going for it, but it was because the Ferraris were managing their tires. Um, Which is, I'm impressed with how well they managed their tires this race. Was- that's That's been an issue, I feel like, for, yeah. I mean... Oh. Like Ferrari and managing tires going in the same sentence is, is like an oxymoron to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. We, have, we have had the worst luck with that. Terrible. I mean, Red Bull's the one that can manage their tires like mad. But usually, again, because max because he's out in front he's got he doesn't have dirty air he doesn't have to defend anybody like but yay for yay for carlos um logan oh logan um hit the wall lap 19 left a lot of carbon on the track his wing was underneath his car did you see that i saw that i swear i feel like they got all the carbon off because they were the the commentators talk about well there's a piece there and just a few (laughs) seconds later like oh the yellow flag's been lifted i'm like did somebody run out and get that last piece because a car just went past it? I they felt like all they went past it out there. Yeah, they all went past it, but there was a piece when the when the yellow flag came up. I there was a big piece out there. Like, what are you doing? On the track. I'm like, and like the commentators were like, why bring out a full yellow flag? Because all the drivers had gone past it, the debris, and so why not just a virtual safety car to get that like cleaned up? But they went full safety car. I was wondering if there was some shenanigans going on there, but whatever. But Logan get, is able to turn the car around and drive back to the pits, dragging <laughs> the front wing under his car. Like I'm like, how does that not destroy your floor? I like, know. 
<laughs> they put a new wing on and got that one out and boom, off you go. But yeah, I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, and Albon, I mean, he finished, what did you say, 11? Just yeah, outside Albon, the lanes, thanks to... Uh... He got 11. Okay. But he was in the points for quite a while, right? Yeah, he was. And he... he, he... This is the one where he he got hit by Perez. This is the investigation. That's he got right. hit by Perez in the last couple of laps, and they said there was going to be an investigation. Then he dropped down a couple. I swear he dropped down right then. Yeah, and I've I, I've been watching and I haven't seen anything else come out about that. I haven't seen anything yet, but I'm talking to you, so I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're you're a researcher over there. Um, yeah, that would have been a bummer because especially if Albon had finished in the points, that would have been yet another race in the points for him. But they were expecting nothing this weekend at Singapore. And if he had finished in the points, that would have been major. Like that would have been huge for, for Williams. Um, but let me ask you this. Like, what are we feeling about Logan getting his seat next year? What do you think? I don't know. I, I you know, it's one of those things that's it, he just has not he has struggled all year. I mean, all year. And I, and I can't call it the car because yeah. I, I, I think it's been him and, yeah. and you go and you see what Liam is doing, you know, and Piastri is doing. Yeah. I think especially, I, I would think do it like, and I hate seeing the only American driver get knocked out, but I know I'm torn because I do feel like Williams will give people more time. But at the same time, like you just said, I think Liam coming in and doing as well as he has been, especially coming in, not knowing this car, he didn't get the practice like, you know, Logan did in the preseason and everything else. This Liam coming in and doing as well as he is, is not doing Logan any favors at all. I think it's going to highlight the fact that maybe you could have another driver in there and you might get more points alex can't be the only one scoring points with that with that car um but speaking of teams where one driver scores all the points aston martin your team i mean lance I mean, doesn't even participate today he didn't and lonzo was not having the best day but he was keeping it up there and then he went in and decided to do a second pit stop and change those tires again and they just flubbed it a 25 second pit, 25 yeah. seconds. And they just dropped him at the back and he never recovered. But he was saying even before that pit that the car was not drivable. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on in the car because he he was just barely keeping it going. You know, yeah. he, was, he was doing, he would pass, and get, you know, there was a little bit of jockeying and back and forth. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's just not good. Not good yeah. at all. It was sad. It was sad to watch because I felt like he had some good practice, if I remember correctly. Um, and he was trying, like you said, he was trying to stay in there. He was trying to push that car, but it just was not, was not working. And I feel like, again, we're kind of back to like, we had that flash of, of him on the podium again, you know, what, a couple races ago. But then now it's like, they're back to being, eh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just back to being black. But listen, yeah, I don't know what's up with that. should Lance have a seat next year? 
See, I don't know. I, I, I swear, I just don't think his heart is in it. I don't think his heart is in it at all. I don't think he, I, I think he's racing because dad wants him to race. I, I, I don't think he wants him I wonder. I just think it's showing that he's not as as good. Like, I mean, again, look at Liam Lawson coming in. Oscar Piastri. You've got rookies coming in with cars that weren't as good as yours. Aren't as good. I mean, Alfred Towery should not be better than the Aston Martin right now, for sure. But, I mean, I know Papa Stroll is not the... He's they like the majority they did just upgrade the Alphatari for this race. Like, a yeah, lot, they did. But, they did. But still, I mean, your point's true. I mean, it's, it's just, I just don't think his heart's in it. I mean, that kind of wreck that he did. And that's a typical I mean, Lance wreck from years past. Like, honestly. He's, well, like I say, he's kind of regressing. It's like he's yeah. getting careless and he's just, it's like his, his heart's just not in it. You know, yeah. I don't think he's just as focused. And I did find the, the, the presser where they basically said he's, He's having still has after effects from the race, including being sore. And so they decided not to race and that he would be um, he decided that he would be. Um, yeah, the, the, the wording is um, following Lance's crash and qualifying. Uh, Lance and Aston Martin have jointly agreed that he will not participate in the Singapore Grand Prix this evening. The team faced a huge job repairing the car today. And understandably, Lance is still sore following such a high impact. Yeah. His focus now is just to fully recovering ahead of the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, and they said that they, he was still feeling the after effects of the crash and thus have decided for him to focus on fully recovering versus racing today. Yeah. I mean, that's an exhausting race. It's, I don't even know if it ended up being two full hours. I didn't look at the clock, but when it ended, but it's exhausting. You know, they and say this drags it out of them too. Absolutely. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, Papa Stroll is the majority owner of Aston Martin F1, and he might have to make a tough decision. I mean, I couldn't imagine cutting your kid, but he's nowhere near the points that Fernando has scored in the same car. And yes, Fernando is a two-time world champion, but you should be able to keep it somewhat close. Like, that's just my feeling. feeling. So who knows? We might have like a random seat open, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, it's been a rough year for Lance between the bike accident and the wrists and this. And yeah, it's just. Well, if you look at the standings for Lance, he is, he's ninth right now. He's got 47 points, but he leads the middle of the pack and others are starting to catch up because Ashley's two points behind Piastri's three more points behind. Um, So it's 47 for Lance, 45 for Pierre, 42 for Oscar, 36 for Esteban. And then it drops to 21 for Alex. So but Fernando's like but, fourth. Fernando's like yeah. fourth. He has like 170 or something. Well, Lando, between Lance and Lando, Lance is at 47. Lando's at 97. So he's 50 points behind the next person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Lando, then Lando started off with a horrible car. We have to remember that too. Is Aston Martin was a beast at the beginning of the season. And the the McLaren was not. Lando's done all of those. Like since like what Silverstone, like yeah. that's when he started coming and on. Aston like, Martin yeah. was Aston Martin was second for a while in this the driver standings or the constructor cup, and now they're fourth because Mercedes is second and Ferrari is now third. Yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, they well, I mean, they haven't been doing well, and again, when only one of your drivers is basically scoring point, points or getting podiums. 
And this time, nobody, no point for the team. I mean, yeah. you get no points. Your entire team gets no points for a, a, that's that's terrible. Your competitors are getting high points. <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, nope. I I think that'll be interesting. I think that would that will be major news if Papa Stroll cuts his kid. <laughs> <laughs> or Lance just decides not to, yes. to continue. I think know? that's how they would position it, even if it was Papa Stroll's decision. I think that Lance would be, um, yeah. I think it'll come out that Lance decided to go play tennis or something. <laughs> like, that's going to be, that's going to be the thing. Um, anyways, Alvatari, Yuki, we talked about him out in lap two. Uh, contact with Perez. I mean, the Red Bulls, like, we're just killing Yuki this whole weekend. You have Max impeding him in qualifying. You've got Perez hitting him on lap two. Like, come on. Uh, he needed a good race, and he didn't. And and we've been talking about Liam. I mean, just incredible. He's – I'm so impressed with him. So impressed with him. I Last week, I didn't really want him on the grid. Now, I don't want him replacing Yuki. Do not get me wrong. He can go someplace else and have a seat. But, like, maybe he could go to Williams. Maybe he could go to Williams, go to Williams, and you can have a seat with Alex. That would be good. And then Yuki can stay. Okay, I worked it all out. It's good. There um, you go. There we go. So Haas, ugh, I just feel for them because, yay, Q3, like, and after finishing Gunther's book and knowing how excited he would get with, like, just one car finishing and qualifying, um, I could just picture him being so excited after qualifying uh, yesterday. <laughs> They asked him, like, what do you think? He's like, we're just so lucky to be here. <laughs> and he's not wrong. Because their race pace is still just trash. Like, K-Bag lost some spots. Lap 36, he was just, like, he was all over the place and dropped down to, like, got, 16. He, he, but he got points. K-Bag got 10, so he got a point. Yay! I didn't realize. We're at Hulkenberg. Like, 13th. Hulkenberg at 13th. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Well, yay. Go okay. Now I don't feel so sad for them. Hooray. Haas. Good for you. Um, okay. Let's get down to these last few teams. So McLaren. Lando. Yeah, thanks all for sticking out. This is a big one, right? They are, Mark. So we're still right. so going. Yeah. We're almost, we're almost done. Um, McLaren. Lando. Really great weekend. Definitely yeah. those upgrades were working for him. <laughs> and at the end of the race, like, I was cheering for him so hard. Like, I didn't want him to get past Carlos, of course, and I didn't think that he would. But I was like, you have got to defend, especially, and we'll talk about this, especially when Charles just couldn't handle it and the Mercedes, like, both passed him. I was like, Lando, please, Lando. I was, like, praying. That whole last few laps lasted, it felt like it lasted an eternity. But I was like, Lando, please, please protect Carlos he is your very good friend. Like, please protect Carlos. And he did. He, you know, I think there was one point where George did try to get past the land. It was like, no way, no way, not doing and, it. And George had gained, George had gained when he came back after getting this, his second set of tires, George had gone, he was 16 seconds behind uh, Charles. Gained got past him. So that was amazing. Had plenty at his pace, had plenty of time to win it. He literally had plenty of time to win it, yeah, but could not get past Lando. And then, yeah. as we know, crashed Thank out. You, Lando Morris. <laughs> but he, he was, I mean, he was on pace, he was on the right pace to win the race. And even the commentators mm -hmm. were talking about that. I mean, he was killing it, absolutely uh, amazing drive by George for sure. But Lando, 
awesome defense. And Piastri, he was pretty quiet the whole race, but he got points. So good for yeah, him so because he, he did not look good all weekend. And, and I think you could really see the difference between the two cars. Lando had the upgrade. Oscar didn't. Oscar's a great driver. We've seen that already yep. this year. Um, but he did get up in the points. So double points again for McLaren. Like, awesome job. Um, wait, let's talk about Mercedes really quickly. Um, yep. and then we can, or wait, let's talk about Red Bull first because they sucked and we don't have a lot to say about them. Um, so yeah, they it was just, a, it was amazing. And they, we did not have to hear their anthem. We didn't have to hear Max's anthem. We didn't have to hear their anthem. They weren't, they weren't even on podium, not, 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 not even like winning. They weren't even on podium. I was just yeah. like, neither race, neither drivers on podium. I just had this yeah. weird, like, oh, Max is going to find a way to get up there. He didn't even get up there. No. And, and if it weren't for Russell, I just, I mean, I feel bad that he, he crashed obviously, but he, Max got fifth, but if it weren't for Russell crashing out, he would have gotten six, which yeah. hysterical. Yeah. For Max could have only gotten eight points and only gotten single digit points. That would have been amazing. <laughs> no passes left for him. Only 10 points. Yeah. Only, only 10, no podium, but here's the thing yesterday after Q2, when he did his press, you know, thingy, he was like, we're not going to, we're not going to get the podium. And I was like, if he doesn't believe they can get the podium, he's not getting, they're not getting the podium. Yeah. I knew yesterday, like he's not getting it. He doesn't even think that they can do it. He, I, I thought it was interesting. And I was a smidge worried during that safety car. Um, I think it was Logan's right. They didn't pit Max. They kept him out there. And they thought that Carlos would come out behind Max. And we know like Max, the rebel, even though they suck, like maybe they were thinking if, if he had some clean air, like he could get a lead, Carlos still ended up in front of him. So their strategy didn't really work that well because he was on really old tires and everybody else was not. Well, I, the news is coming up now that Alex Albon has labeled surgery Perez's attempt to move past him there that caused the collision is effing dirty. Alex doesn't hold back. Yeah. And there, we're an hour crazy. past, we're an hour past uh, there being called in Carlton. It was Perez being called in and Alex as a witness kind of thing. by yeah. The steward, the, the hearing, the, the, the view the meeting was an hour ago. So I keep refreshing to see if before we're done, we get a ruling, but yeah, oh, it's, we're an hour God. past that, that uh, meeting. But with even even if they give him a time penalty, it's probably just five not seconds. Enough. It won't be enough. It's not enough to get Alex back in the points. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I get irritated with the sport is like, it, it's just not, I mean, life isn't fair, but it's just not fair when you, it, it's the same thing in Austin last year with George causing Carlos to crash on turn one in, in Austin. And he got a five second penalty, but Carlos's race was over. Like, you know, but I just think that's so crappy. Um, yeah. So anyway. back to Mercedes. So yesterday after qualifying, George said, we held back a set of Mer um, Mercedes. We, we held back a set of medium tires for both him and Lewis. And they knew that was going to be part of their strategy. So when we had that second yellow flag and they pitted both Mercedes at the end mm -hmm. there, they put them both on those mediums and they thought for sure, for sure that that was going to get them up there. And like you said, those tires brought him from 16 seconds behind Charles. They both passed Charles, both 
George and Lewis. And those four cars, that was so freaking exciting at the end. Those four cars right in a row and both Lewis, Lewis was fighting George also, not great for, for George. Um, but they were all fighting at least Lando and made it such like it went from a boring race to like I was up and walking around. Oh, and like, just fantastic. It was crazy. It was insane. At the beginning of the race, you were the best races so far, honestly. I mean, with just the excitement, and like, the excitement, you're on the edge of, yeah, and you're on the edge of your seat. You just, there was so much back and forth and, and com competition, right? There's so much competition in a couple of areas of the sector, of the race too, in the track, right? It wasn't just in one area. You had the middle, you had the front. It was so good. It was so, so, so good. It's so close. I mean, yeah. the times between, between, uh, George and, and Lando is 0.8 seconds. And between the top three was 1.2. Wow. And had, had George not fallen out, it would have stayed right around in there, like 1.2 seconds between the top four. Can and then like, if Red Bull was not so dominant, this would be every race because yeah. those teams are that close. And it really was coming down to the strategy, like the managing the tires, the pit stops, all of that stuff. This would be every race. We would be on our the edge of our seats like every race and George wanted it like he said multiple yeah. times I want to win this race tell me what even at the beginning tell me what I need to do to win this race like he wanted this win so bad and again because Red Bull has been so dominant this is the first team Carlos in the Ferrari the first team to win a race this season that is not a Red Bull he George knew like I have this one opportunity <laughs> because they Red Bull might win the rest of the races like it might be might be it for them and he went for it he went for it on that last lap and crashed right into the wall I I was gutted for him honestly and I, I did too I mean I, and I was watching him. the timing the live timing is just a few seconds ahead you know and I see Lewis go up to third I'm like no and then I see him keep going down, like something happened. Oh no, what happened? What happened? It wasn't just a pass. And then I turn my head and I see it. I'm like, <laughs> I felt so no. bad for him. Oh. He was so sad. But you know what? I guess at the same time, like, yeah, you could have been on the podium, but he wanted to win. And he might have regretted not taking, you know, some sort of action to try to get past Lando. That's he might have might have regretted it but anyways furry wins and like my driver my driver's on the top it was carlos. i thought that it was carlos too is and i one of the things yeah. i said at the race was and there it goes carlos is the dominant one when charlotte's the one that ferrari seems to be putting up on the, the pedestal and doing all the stuff for mm -hmm. and carlos dominated all weekend he was just on all and same weekend. with last weekend same with last weekend but this <laughs> weekend Charles, Charles couldn't compete but here's what i thought was interesting so at the very beginning carlos was quick off the line again like he was in monza also like he was gone like george who like and Charles was right behind him and i that was brilliant loved it um but Charles was told multiple times you need to drop back you need to be three seconds. A target is three seconds to Carlos. And on at least two of the times, um, Charles did not sound happy 
He's like, that leaves me at risk because all the teams were, were very bunched up because again, strategy was managing the tires, keep a very kind of slow pace. Like nobody was going for it. Um, he was like, you know, not, not thrilled. And then he set the fastest lap. And then Javi on lap 17 had to come back and he's like, you, the target is now five seconds back. So no more than three. Now you need to be five seconds back of Carlos and you need to do it within five laps. Like, and at that point, Charles was like 2.443 seconds um, behind. So he really needed to drop back. They really were actually this time prioritizing Carlos on the strategy. Like, thank God. Now, Charles had a really slow pit stop. That messed up his race, I think, in my opinion. Um, they had yeah. to hold him because, like, George had come through and then Lewis was coming through. So they had to hold him. It was just not good. Um, when Esteban had his issue and the flag came out, Charles said he wanted new tires and they said no, which was the best option for Carlos. It was. Now, not having those fresher tires really did. That was what allowed the Mercedes to go past him. Like, it, you know, it, it was crucial for him to keep them behind, but he couldn't do it. He just he couldn't do it. But Carlos, my little strategist, smart little driver, smooth operator, um, his uh, engineer comes on. He's like, Lando has DRS. And Signs is like, I know. Like, I'm doing that on purpose. Like, hello, <laughs> strategy people at Ferrari. He was doing it on purpose. He wanted Lando to be close enough to him to keep those red, I mean, the rebels, oh my God, the Mercedes cars back. Like he's thinking, he's thinking. Hey, and then gosh. once, once George crashed, like that was it. I was like, I, he's, he's won. Even though he said like his front tires were finished. Like I knew Lando wasn't going to get past him, but I am telling you, I had to watch the podium, the smile on Carlos's face, the entire podium celebration. I am going to put together a little reel of all of the pictures. Um, <laughs> because He was so happy. And like you said, like, not hearing the, the Dutch national anthem and the Austrian national anthem, like Carlos was just beaming when the Spanish anthem was playing. And then when the Italian anthem was playing, they were all singing it. He was singing it. The crew the was crew singing, was singing it. it. And he was like this, you know, directing them from the top. I was, oh my gosh. And I thought it was interesting though. Fred um, was up there for the constructor. He took the constructor. I love that they were talking about, he was their third or fourth choice for, for yeah. principal. So yeah. that's yeah. pretty cool that he got, him, for him. he got him. And you know, Fred's like such a jokester. So they do the champagne and he gets a hold of Carlos's, the back of his suit and just pours the champagne down, down Carlos's back. And I was thinking today when they were doing all that, like, oh my gosh, could you imagine having to clean those things before the next race? Ew. I would just toss it. Just, I mean, maybe just frame it. I don't know. Like, can you frame it? Would it smell? I, like, preserve it somehow. You've got to save that. So that's two wins now for for Carlos. And now I'm going to have to add a a new screenshot, a screensaver to my phone of Carlos. I have the Silverstone one that comes up every once in a while, and now I'm going to have to add this one. So yay, Carlos! Best. I could not think of a better person to to beat a Red Bull and get finally get a win. Okay, really quickly, beyond the grid, George Russell this week spotted at the Rugby World Cup. I didn't know there was a Rugby World Cup. No, nope. oh, you didn't know that. I knew that. 
I did not know that. So there you have it. Also, Nick DeVries was on a trip with Max. They're vacation type of friends. I did not know that either. Like, okay. I didn't know cool. that. Nope. They're vacation friends. They're not even like grid friends. They're like vacation friends. Like there was a whole group of people, like guys that went on this trip. Anyways. So remember last week I was telling you about Alex Albon was coming out with his new line of Alex Albon athletics. Yeah. So of course I'm on the email list and I got an email and he came out with new shoes. They're called sure. the classic Marina. Oh, I feel like I sent a picture. No, I meant to. Yeah. Um, anyways, so they're called the classic Marina. They, this is like an upscale line. I'm just telling you that like, this looks like it's going to be an upscale merch. It's not going to be just your basic driver t-shirts. Like, you know, no, no offense to Lando, but he does like his LN and you know, it's just whatever. These are like nice looking shoes. Um, I got an email actually this morning saying that they have limited stock. They're not going to be releasing more. So you better go get them. And Yuki being the global treasure that he is was wearing them this weekend because he's a supporter and he's friends with Alex and he was wearing Alex's shoes this weekend. So um, I'm kind of can't wait to see what else he comes out with. Like, I mean, I, I wasn't going to buy, they were like $176. Um, so very nice shoes, <laughs> but it kind of makes me excited for whatever other product he's going to launch. Cause I can't wait. Okay. Let's talk about next week because this was the first of a back-to-back -back, um, race week and we've got Suzuka next week in Japan. So here we go. It's old school. Everybody seems to love it. Claire's got the um, track up because it's a little di different. So it's 53 laps. There's one DRS zone. It's 5.807 kilometers and there's 18 corners. There's 10 to the right, eight to the left. In 1962, I'm going to mess up the first name, but... I, I can't even say it. So, 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 Honda, he thought the company should have their own test, test track. And he had this made. Um, and it first appeared on the F1 calendar in 1987, it's totally high speed track. It's challenging for the drivers. You can see on here, it's got some snaking S curves. So that's three, four, five, six, seven looks kind of fun doing this. Um, the corners cover everything from the really slow hairpin, um, which is number 11, uh, if you're watching on our YouTube, to the very high speed. Um, it's called 130R. I don't even know which one that is. So there you have it. It is the only crossover track on the calendar. So it forms a figure, somewhat of a figure eight. So that's kind of cool. Do you like you got the crossover thing happening? Um, the power units have to work really hard because the engines are running at maximum revs for about 65% of the lap. So wow. the power unit has got to be like full on clicking. Um, that long straight that you see there between 18 and one, um, it's 1.2 kilometers long. The drivers apply full throttle for about 1.5 seconds. So again, that power and the traction are super key factors in that section. And then it's a home race for my global treasure. Yuki is gonna be all over, you just know it. So it should be a really another, hopefully really fun race. We've got another classic track, a track that the drivers love. It's a challenge, but it's fast. So 
I'm looking yeah. forward to that one. That one's going to be cool. I love the crossover too. So I love that crossover. And I, I love the so long open areas too to get a lot of speed. So, but no DRS. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know about the overtaking, but I, I didn't even know that this track was originally built for Honda. Like Honda built it as a chess track for their cars. They want it to be a, a powerhouse, you know, and, and automotive stuff. So I think, I mean, I'm excited. And honestly, like, I hope that Ferrari shows out like they have the last two weeks. I'll take Carlos on pole for a third straight race. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Please. Yeah. So that's it. It was another great day. I got to go wear my, my shirt to the farmer's market. And hopefully people say Forza Ferrari to me and I'll be C to Fossi. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm this time for a few days, man. That's yeah. for sure. I, I've had such a busy week. And again, I've been up at, since 4.45. The race started at 5 a.m. my time. But I kind of just want to go walk around in my Ferrari shirt. Like, I, I just want to go places. I should go to NFL. I should go watch football in my Ferrari shirt. There you go. I wonder what Renee's doing. Yeah, there we go. All right. <laughs> Yay. It's been amazing. Uh, it's just what a way to what a way to start off my anniversary of birthday week without a Red Bull win. Is all I'm Yay! saying. So uh, I'm loving that part. So yes, and we need to finish the same way. We need to finish. I know, right? For, for my birthday, could we have them not win again, please? <laughs> so I'll be in Ireland when we record next time. I got to figure out how I'm going to make that work. So oh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Have an awesome right. Well, it was great. Thanks for everybody coming along for the ride. It was a it was a little bit of a long one, but it was worth it because there's so much amazing stuff. So yes, for for <laughs> All right. Thank you all. See you next time. Ciao. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.